0: It's very hard to know specifically what God judges. For example, when some, a big earthquake happened in San Francisco, if one happened today, we'd all say, uh, oh, we've been waiting for this, for God to judge the yeah. homosexual agenda because it's so against his nature. It's like a Sodom and Gomorrah. But we really don't know. We look through a glass darkly, as yeah. the Scriptures say, and we need to hold back on saying, you know, this is a judgment of God, this isn't a judgment of God. But we can say that we as a nation have lost God's blessing. Right. of long life, health, and prosperity. All these things have been taken slowly from us as we've turned our backs on God. How in the world
1: does a nectarine lead to worship of the living God? I ate a nectarine this morning and I worship the Lord. Have you ever considered the beauty and the sweetness of a nectarine
2: do people worship though when they eat a grapefruit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> After their lips pucker. <laughs>
2: I really despise grapefruit, to be honest. I don't, oh.
1: I've
0: got, if I'm going to eat it, I've got to cover it with sugar.
1: Rachel loves. she, she put sugar on us? I don't know but I put sugar on my avocado and my whole family mocks me.
0: Well, blame Sugar them. on your
1: avocado? Oh, what is wrong with oh, you? Oh, the way of the Lebanese avocado eaters.
3: No way. That oh,
1: yeah. thing in
2: Lebanon? Oh. I like to dip it in. Have you in tried it spread? Sugar? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mark, that was one of the most despicable videos you just showed us before we came on air. Yeah. yeah about but, um,
0: speaking of it now, I was at the local college this morning. A guy walked <laughs> off on me. When I was witnessing, Timmy got such conviction, and you know what got him back? He huh. want a couple of in and out. <laughs> I said as a thank you, he came back, and I got to share the gospel with him. Gave him gospel
1: Great! I, I was thinking, I think yesterday about how in and out has literally changed your life. Yes, when it comes to witnessing, it has. It's been really wonderful.
3: <laughs> I, I want credit for this, though, because you were giving out Subway cards and I told you. No, it was Mark that told me. No, and I'm, I'm waiting to see what kind of. Oh, how can this. you no compare? I remember way. telling Ray, go ahead. You always repeat everything I say anyway. Never I never say say said to you. It was me. Says. It says <laughs> was me. Everybody
1: loves In N Out <laughs> and that you should give out In N Out cards. Uh-huh. Isn't it boring, Ray, the thought of giving out a Subway card now
0: compared what to In N Out? You know they owe us. They owe us in and out. I think.
1: Oh man, the primarily. amount of money you've spent on in and out cards. <laughs> but seriously, Ray, don't you feel kind of like a soldier armed with a sword now? Like oh yeah, confidence
0: absolutely. Because of... you know what's going to you know the weight of man's heart through his stomach.
1: Yeah. You Which get, do you give what out about
0: more? women? You pull out the tongue, put the, in there. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you give out more tracks or in and out gift cards? The gift cards. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. But they go, should... the, they go with they go with a little. Uh, oh, you YouTube should print a tract yeah.
2: on the gift card. <gasps>
1: Yes.
3: Hey, there's yes. an idea. You we know, do have I, a
0: gift card tracked.
3: I, have to, I don't know if this is a confession or a, a thing that I did that was genius of me, but my eight-year-old sat in service with us the other day, and uh, she was kind of bummed that children's ministry wasn't happening. And I, I told her, if you could write down, remember, and repeat to me one point that the pastor makes, I will give you a $5 in-and-out gift card. Well, and she did it. She she <laughs> like
1: nailed the point. Oh, it's when looks like when I told my kids if they memorize the Greek alphabet they get twenty bucks. I gave them like I don't know a month. They didn't like a few the days. Day. Like Luke was, and Danny.
2: We had Danny was at our house last night, and I said, "Hey, Danny, what is your uh, mission statement at your house?" And he said it like nothing. And I said, "I'm gonna wait till." Uh, your sister comes on over and she's hanging out with Eden and I'm going to ask her, Hey, so what's your vision statement, your mission statement? Yeah. I'm not sure if she knows it. Oh, she does.
1: Well, she she did at least hopefully it's sitting up in our house. I'm going to test her. Yeah. Uh, But Mark, why do I hear the sound of, wedding bells oh yeah. oh yeah isn't it funny we hear that tune and immediately wedding
2: comes to ray's life. getting married
0: telling <laughs> <laughs> soon i'm telling, <laughs> I'm so telling season.
2: your oldest son my oldest son okay. noah is getting married two days mark <laughs> two days from now yes you're oh, gonna join
1: exciting. mine and ray's glorious club are you yeah. right you remember that day, Ray, when I became my son? I am going to cry. I
0: remember when you come my son. on long, there's one part of that wedding that just blew me away. I was standing with Rachel dressed. I wasn't dressed in it.
2: <laughs> she was dressed yeah, as,
0: as a bride, and the second the music start, started. I think two or three hundred people stood up, and they all turned around to look at me. (laughs) Seriously, I was just blown away. They're all staring at me. I thought, "Wow, this is just so cool." Yeah. And then we got to the end, and who gives us to give away? I says, "I do." And I sit down. Your old shoe, you're out of here. It's all over. (laughs) You're done. done. Yeah, you're you're only good
1: for a walk down the aisle. (laughs) Mark, important
3: question: What song are you guys going to use for the father son dance?
2: Father, oh, right? they should do
1: a father son dance, man.
2: Dude, I'm I'm so excited for yeah. him, mean he's done it right. He's been pure. Yeah. He's never alone with his uh, girl. Mm. They've known each other for 13 years. He was nine. She was eight. Izzy, yeah. can you address
0: how that we rejoice over a honeymoon because it's done right in the eyes of God? I heard you talk about oh. that. or was that a little bit personal? Well,
1: no, uh, I mean you're talking about what I say to couples. Or? What you
0: have said in the past, how everyone knows what they're going off to do for their honeymoon. And everybody's golf. everybody's rejoicing because it done and right. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Well, well, I remember what I said to my um to Matthias and Summer when I did their wedding, and that was look. And I said this to them during counseling, and I got to counsel Rachel. I got yeah. to counsel Jessica and Noah, Mark and uh, Mark's son, and his his to be wife, but. I said to them, look, purity is a gift that once it's sealed, if you maintained it over the course of your relationship, once you get married and and, and, and that, that's sealed, it's the gift that can never be taken away from you. Yeah. So you can't go back and undo the fact that you stayed pure. That's permanent. And, and it's this beautiful gift, by way of example, you get to pass on to successive generations, mm. you know. So, yeah, I'm I'm so excited, Mark. I mean, really, I've told you this before, but Noah is, he is an extraordinary young man, a real standout. And he's yeah. getting a, a wonderful young lady.
3: Yeah. Make sure you, you tell him sorry for me that I'm not able to make the wedding. But unfortunately, I didn't get an invite. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fortunately.
2: And they're having uh, Rosines. And oh, yes. Currently.
1: Lebanese. Is that your spot? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, that's that is yeah. But Mark, real quick though, how, how are you feeling? How's Laura feeling? Like, what's you know?
2: What? It's going to be the world's quickest wedding. He's given me no. I've least. seen quicker ones in Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> Ray, have wait, Ray, have you ever done a wedding?
0: Yes, I done a few. A married couples. That's I, a scary thing. I remember Tom and <laughs> <laughs> Tom and Debbie and I kinda said Tom and Jerry. I didn't I just it was in my brain, it was freaked me out. Tom and Jerry. Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> and I used to do wedding photos too and I had to give that up. What? I, I used to do wedding photos. Seriously? Seriously. Because they'd say, look at the I take a shot now. And I kind of took pictures like, this isn't good. So I What stopped.
1: more are we going to discover about you, Ray? You he know, does leather jackets. <laughs> right. Leather jackets, yeah. He uh, combined part- the two and he was doing Elvis weddings yeah. photos. <laughs> he, he painted uh, portraits of famous people. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that right. too. Uh, sorry, Mark.
2: Yeah, you know, listen, in my prep, it's, it's hard to not tear up. Mm. And I'm trying to get it out now. Do it you right now. So, so you, you're not,
0: paying for the wedding. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: fortunately no, not. No,
2: fortunately Boy, Dave and Cassie have really stepped up for that. Yeah. Um, and they, they had, boy, he's marrying into a beautiful family.
1: Yeah, they, they are love the amazing Lord. people. Dave's a really good friend. Yeah. Cassie's a good friend. Yeah.
2: So, so excited for that. Uh, But they've given me 14 minutes to speak. Whoa. Not 15, not 20, not 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, 14 minutes for my entire message. How long did you go for uh, summer, Matthias?
3: Uh... Probably oh, wait. You're doing that. You're doing the, you're doing the
2: wedding. I'm oh, not. Yeah. Yeah. Mark,
0: exactly. Mark cool. he's paying for the wedding. 14 minutes is good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right. Good to remember that. I probably spoke for probably 30. I mean, 30. the whole thing was, was like why did it, it was, was
2: three, three hours?
0: 31.
1: <laughs> it was for 31. Oh, oh, it was God's <laughs> grace. I got through that thing without breaking down. But it's because we broke down the night before. Uh, yeah. We we'll
0: just get a new car. What's wrong with <laughs> you? Yeah. Hey, Stop breaking down.
1: Anyway, Mark, we're excited for you guys, and uh, yes. what, what a joyous occasion. Yeah. On that note. Speaking about Noah and Jessica, you know, having walked uprightly before the Lord, we're going to be talking today about the, the actual flip side of that in terms of the signs of God's judgment on a nation. And obviously, we'll, we'll touch on sexual immorality, uh, but generally speaking, uh, God's judgment on a nation. Guys, uh, America is in a bad way. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but when I was a kid and uh, I came here, I was four and a half when we came to the United States. And as I became a, a, a you know a young boy, 10, 11, 12, whatever, I'd hear people say, oh, America has so changed. It's so different than when I was a kid. You'd hear older people say that. And I had no reference point. Mm-hmm. And so it would be kind of like, really? I mean, I don't know. I'd been here five, six years or whatever at that time. But now having lived in the US forty Uh, I think almost, yeah, 42 years, I can say America has changed. And I think I could say it in terms of the the degree of difference in a far greater way than those who would say it when I was a kid. And uh, it breaks my heart because I love this country. I I mean, this was our refuge. You know, we came from a war-torn Lebanon, destruction, and we came to a place of freedom. And I came to Christ here. And I've been blessed by what America has has done, despite all of its flaws, because we know it has many. But we're we're in a bad place.
0: We we're in a bad place 20 years ago, but it's got worse.
1: So much worse. Yeah. And, and so we want to talk about that today and and put that in the context of God's judgment. This isn't a popular message today, Oscar. People uh, even wanting to talk about God's judgment because of how God has been made in our image, Ray, as you always mm-hmm. talk about, you know. Um, God doesn't judge. No, God would never do that. But what do you think about what's going on, Oscar?
3: Well, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, I, and, and you're absolutely right. God God does judge nations. He judges all nations. And uh, we, we have to face that reality. Uh, you make an excellent point in the sense that there are so many people in the church that are so hesitant, and afraid to talk about the aspect of God judging, Mm. uh, God judging individuals and God judging nations. But it is a part of the story of the gospel. And in in, in order for us to truly understand the gospel, we have to see him as a judgmental God. Now, I do wanna kind of start for us on a theology of nation. yeah, Because I think that's important. Because when we say nation, we have to understand what we're talking about and what God means when he says nations in the Bible. And so just real quick, three minutes maybe, and then I'll take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) We're already napping napping. (laughs) and you guys can finish.
0: Okay. We can do ping pong in three minutes. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So in the old, in the old Testament, There's all sorts of conversations about God's promises to his nation, but a nation in the Old Testament means something different than what it means today. In our day and age, a nation generally means a defined body of land with a group of individuals that are legal citizens within that land. But in the Old Testament, nation was a homogenous group of people whom God made a covenant with. And that covenant to a homogenous group of people, not defined by land yet, was that he would bring through them a promised seed or a snake crusher. And so we see that nation in the Old Testament is important because God is going to do something through them from Adam to Abraham to the promise down into Mary delivering our deliverer. The reason why a nation in the old Testament was important to be pure and to follow God's law is because they needed a pure promised seed through that. Yeah. But then the theology of nation changes in the new Testament because after Jesus dies and resurrects and through Pentecost, the nation changes from a homogenous group of people to his church. Uh, Oscar,
1: what's homogenous? All I know is homogenized milk. (laughs) 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 I know your every thought Oh, that's
0: funny. I just thought, I'm going to let it go because he said three minutes uninterrupted. Homogenous. Yeah, okay. So a group of
3: (laughs) individuals that are not defined by uh, by a particular location, but either by a a race or class of group of people. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, Exactly. Uh, So anyway, in the New Testament, nation changes. All of the promises change. They go from the nation of Israel to God's, people the church in 1st Peter he defines the church as a royal priesthood and a holy nation and throughout the rest of scripture on through revelation the only nation that is promised anything in the scriptures is God's people the church so then that makes us ask the question what what role does America and Russia and China and any other country nation have according to the bible well, according to Revelation, every single country nation, America, Russia, China, from, from post Jesus on is essentially Babylon. It is a prostitute towards God's goodness. And God promises in Revelation that he will destroy Babylon. So when we read about the destruction of Bob, Babylon, about God condemning Babylon, some people think, oh, that's got to be Russia. That's got to be China. But according to Revelation, it's all countries that is not the church of God. And so when we say God is judging a nation, 100%, hmm. he is judging Babylon. And we live in Babylon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you think about the uh, the grand scheme of of what Scripture talks about. I mean, you talked about the the... The seed and the seed crusher. And you, you think about what God said to Abraham and in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Mm. And that promise had massive ramifications because that's talking about Christ, right? Galatians clarifies that, that he is the seed uh, singular through which the nations would be blessed. And that is the gospel that, that ultimately is the blessing for nations. And yet we see nations living out that Babylonian spirit in rejecting the gospel and, uh, and veering away from the Lord. Ray, you've seen America now for how long you been here?
3: Hey, listener, have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. 31,
0: 32 years. Changes every year. It does. It can't keep
1: up with it. You talked about, it. it, it you, we saw changes 20 years ago, much worse now. Talk about
2: that.
0: Yeah, um, you guys shop Amazon
2: every day. Are you no. kidding Design? me? It seems like it. Does. Yeah, I, try I, not to. I, I am absolutely <laughs> addicted. And I was
0: thinking about what Amazon actually did. They put the golden rule into practice in business. Mm. Do, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Efficiency, good prices. And I thought, man, that's exactly what... What makes a business work? And it's what makes a nation work. And what, what's happened in our nation is that we've become lawless. And the problem with lawlessness is, is it promises pleasure. You get someone who says, I want to be lawless because lying is easier. Stealing is easier. Uh, fornication, adultery gives great pleasure. And so a nation becomes lawless. But there are people within the nation that say, I'm going to go one further. Killing. Gives me pleasure. Mm-hmm. There's no God. There's no right, no wrong. I'm gonna be lawless. I have got a conscience. I'll do what I want. I'll sit in a building and I'll just shoot off families because this has given me great pleasure. yeah And that's what's happening within a nation. And the, the the simplicity of the um and the profound nature of the golden rule just amazes me because if the nation of America put that into practice all our problems would be gone. Wow. Every single one of them. If we love God with heart, mind, soul, and strength, love our neighbor as ourself, no one would shoot anyone, no one would commit adultery, no one would fornicate, no one would blaspheme, no one would lie, no one steal. You'd have absolute harmony throughout the nation just through that. And we can't do it because it's not in the nature of man because mm. man loves lawlessness. He gets pleasure out of lawlessness. And we're a nation given to lawlessness and we're reaping the fruit. Even without the judgment of God coming into play, we're reaping the fruit of lawlessness in a horrific way. Mm, yeah. Just what a man sows, that will he also reap.
2: Yeah. Somebody once said it. Obviously, it's not a, a true statement, but you'll understand the gist of it. If God does not judge America, He needs to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. That was mm. Billy Graham's wife, I think, said that. I don't
0: know. It's being attributed to a lot of different people. I guess. Mm. Did you say, Oscar? I did not say that one. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, nope, nope, I didn't.
2: Obviously, God will never need to apologize to anybody, but you think of the uh, the culture we live, the society we live, and what we put up with, how pornography yeah. runs rampant, the access on our mobile phones. Hmm. Um, Sodom and Gomorrah did not have access to the things that we have access uh, to today. Th- there is a fearful future that awaits. God is always calling his people to holiness to repentance you know if my people which are called by my name you know the text says if we want a nation to change we really have to start with us individually mm. you know we we talk about it around voting season don't we that one vote it, one vote one person's vote it goes up uh, it goes pretty far but how much more you think of one nuclear family yeah. one couple who's doing it right you think of my son noah and jessica they're getting married mm right they've they've never been in a situation where they can fornicate they don't they don't want to be put inside that position you know to be able to do that, and regardless of if nobody else is doing it, this is what I'm going to do is what he's saying, yeah, you know, and he's been raised right, but obviously it's God's grace that has got him to that place. We need to uh as I shared with Noah, I said, listen, you will not survive in today's day and age off of a ten minute devo mm-hmm. in the morning, yeah, a devotion you you need to. Um, grab a whole of God's word. Go through God's word and allow God's word to go through you. Commentaries and lexicons and Greek helps. Uh, good fellowship and good accountability. Do this, and there is success down the road, regardless of what it looks like.
3: Yeah. In uh, in Malcolm Gladwell's book uh, Tipping Point, he he surveys what he ultimately calls contagious behavior, and what he observes is that we tend to repeat the behavior that's around us. And and he even goes into school shootings and shows how uh, after Columbine, there was like 12 major school shootings immediately after, and eight of them had direct references to Columbine. And he goes down and just references often, uh, over and over again, how contagious behavior happens. Yeah. Uh, to To Mark's point, that's also true the other way around when it comes to righteous behavior. Mm. When God's people put on display contagious behavior for the world to see, they will be influenced by that. We see that in the early church in Rome. Rome was a disgusting place to live. Uh, I mean, their sexual immorality makes ours look conservative. Honestly, it was was terrible. Uh, the, The infanticide, I mean, you wanna talk about abortion, they were actively participating in infanticide. And yet in the midst of that lawlessness, of that unrighteous, a small group of Christ followers put on display the righteousness of God and that behavior became contagious and changed all of Rome. Mm. And that's the promise of the gospel is that he has the power to continue to do that in our nation Amen. today.
2: And that's what we encourage pastors, right? I mean, you want your church on fire. You want your church to be evangelistic. Well, then pastor, share the gospel and then share those encounters from the pulpit. Amen. Because your congregation is going to be set on fire yeah. because that what you do in the pulpit is going to be contagious if they see that in your personal. Life. Well,
1: and yeah. And pastor, if you go out, on the streets with your congregation. Hmm. You know, I think of of pastors like Emilio Ramos, you know, uh, going out open air preaching, his congregants going, I mean, he's, he's begetting open air preachers, you know, and people that are enthusiastic, not just not everyone's open airing, but they're enthusiastic to share the gospel. They're going out on the streets. You know, Ray, I texted you last night uh, with a picture of me with tears streaming down my face as I watched a recent video that we just released. And, I was so deeply moved as you were speaking to these two ladies, one which said...
0: Could I just say something? One of them was a man. The one with the short hair had an effeminate voice, but it was actually her son. Oh, Okay then
1: <laughs> Okay then But you're not the
0: only one That made the mistake I read in the comments People said Oh those two ladies But he, it was a guy He had a tattoo on his forehead you're, And that's why I mentioned Fornication okay. and pornography To him on his phone
1: Wow <clears throat> Okay yeah. yeah I was certain That was a, a female But well, well
0: nowadays You can't be blamed because uh, Yeah You just can't tell What's going it, on. It, it's, on It's, it's you, crazy Mark is prime No i have already done that Just then <laughs> <laughs> Feed me to it <laughs>
1: But but Ray I, I, I texted you Like your
0: head, Mark <laughs>
1: uh, I texted you Because I was so Deeply moved After after watching that, you know, the, the the mom that you were talking to primarily uh, started off by saying to you, I don't like you right now or something to that effect, and then ended up in tears. And as hmm. she came under the sound of the gospel. It, it was one of the most beautiful things I, I've witnessed. To me, I think it's one of our most powerful encounters. It's a real short video, but the power packed in that video as you unleash the gospel. And this woman went from justifying herself and and talking about, oh, I'm definitely good, I'm definitely good, to being in tears and thanking you and walking away saying, you know, she said to someone today when they asked her, where are you going, wherever God takes us? And she walked away and she said, and he brought you, and she raised her hands up. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh,
0: I'm getting Wasn't chills right now.
1: I'm getting chills now. It was beautiful. But again, it, it's a reminder <laughs> As Mark and Oscar are talking about, it's the gospel. Yeah. <clears throat> the gospel is the hope for our nation. And, you know, when, when I think one of the the signs of, of God's judgment that we're seeing on America, and Oscar, you, I think you really painted the picture well, the world is under judgment for sure. And we see God's judgment, though, intensify, I think, in proportion to the sins that are intensifying within the boundaries Keep of Babylon. Yeah. Uh, but... I think one of the things that we see is that the deadening of the conscience to the point where what people do is they try to sanitize the filthiness and the wickedness of their sin. Right. So now it's hey yeah I'm 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 a homosexual, but I practice safe sex. Right. I'm a homosexual, but I'm monogamous. You know what I'm saying? It it kind of gives it this righteous element. Yeah, I you know I yeah or yeah I fornicate, but I. I, I use contraception to make sure that, that you know I don't have a baby, you know, and, and not be able to take care of that child or whatever.
3: I murder, but the knife's always clean.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. But I'm, I'm just saying, like things of that sort. Yeah, I do heroin, but I use a clean needle.
0: That sort of thing.
1: Oh, gonna you're gonna give, to give more, more examples. No, I was
0: more examples. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, you provoke me Have you finished. Yes. Um, you provoke me just to talk about something happened yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me throat. I was on my way. I was at Sarita's college, and I saw obviously a homosexual he was dressed walking like a homosexual sat down like a homosexual he had sunglasses on with rainbows on them and so i took him through the gospel and i said "Or maybe he's just
3: a really big fan of noah what's that maybe he's just a really big (laughs) fan of
0: noah (laughs) and uh, that's right and i said have you ever looked at a woman with lust he says yes i have and it threw me into a loop because he's obviously a homosexual. So I kept the camera rolling and went back to give him a couple of in-and-out cards. In-and-out cards. I says, are you gay? He says, yes, sir. I'm as queer as they come. <laughs> and he said effeminately. And I says, oh, I thought you were, but you confused me when you said I've looked on women with lust. And he says, no, no. I and I said, um, well, I, I, I didn't share with you a Bible verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. And I said, Oh, by the way, isn't that word queer derogatory? Is not nowadays. It's changed. It's, yeah. a, it's a compliment sort of thing. When I was a kid, it was just a terrible word to yeah. say. And anyway, I share with them first Corinthians chapter six, verse nine and 10, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor adulterers nor idolaters nor homosexuals would inherit God's kingdom. And I says, when you consider your sins, I want you to bring that into the equation. Mm. Okay? And he said, absolutely. Wow. And it blew me away. He wasn't offended. And I think what we've got to remember, though, things are dark. Where sin abounds, there does much more grace abound. Amen. And there are people out there that that are just as concerned as you and I are. They're not given to sin like the, the lawless ones, and they're utterly concerned, and they're fearful of death. The pandemic's prepared their heart, and I think they're ripe for the gospel as never before.
1: Yeah, and Ray, I'm glad you said that because we can get kind of depressed and pessimistic when we look around and we see the darkness that's abounding in America and all across (laughs) the globe and the signs of God's judgment. But we have to abound with hope because that's what the gospel does. It brings hope. I mean, you think about the revivals that God has brought about in in history, they happen typically at at the points of the greatest darkness. And yet there were men of God that stood up and said, no, we're going to proclaim the truth and we're going to make it heard. Mm -hmm. Mark, you're going to say something.
2: Only when you're done.
1: Well, I was going to say one more thing uh, that came to mind too in the examples I was giving or someone who would say, you know, yeah, I I, I get drunk, but hey, I use a designated driver. (laughs) You know, those, those examples of just how we sanitize, you know, our sin and boy, it's, it's really scary. But
0: you think of how we don't call adultery, adultery anymore. It's an affair. Yeah, right, you that's know, another example, yeah. yeah.
1: Pure, you know, there's that proverb that talks about the generation that's pure in its own eyes, but it's not cleansed from its filthiness. Am I
2: fornicating? Are you, like, are you fornicating with your boyfriend, your girlfriend? Well, we're sleeping together. Yeah, right? right. We're mellowing it
3: out. Some people don't even call it an affair anymore. They call it following their heart. That's following not true. It, I'm serious. Yeah, it, I followed I've my heart. Yeah. And, I've got,
0: and I've got a partner. Oh. That sickens me instead of a husband. And yeah.
1: Love. It's love, right? You know, hey, I, well, the whole God wants me to be happy or I'm pursuing my happiness. Or on that note, I, I would have to say one of the most frustrating uh, terms that's used in our day is my truth. Have you guys noticed oh, how I that is your truth? Yes. I want to tell my truth. Oh, just Mark. Sorry.
2: Well, you were talking. What is your truth, Mark?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I, I hope that it's on the word of God, right? Just leave it. The down.
2: foundation. Um, you're talking about in the midst of a crazy society in which we live, how do we give hope to the next generation? Yeah. Right? And I read something from a youth pastor named Alex Cravens uh, not too long ago, and I texted it to uh, oh, yeah. some friends. Oh, I'd like to that. read it here, if I may. He says, Don't feel sorry for or fear for your kids because the world that they're gonna grow up in is not what it used to be. You see, God created them and he called them for this exact moment in time that they're in. Mm. Their life was not a coincidence, it's not an accident. Raise them up to know the power that they walk in as children of God. Train them up in the authority of his word. Teach them to walk in faith, knowing that God is in control. Empower them to know that they can change the world. Don't teach them to be fearful and frightful and disheartened by the state of the world, but to be hopeful that they can do something about it, that God is raising them up. Every person in all of history has been placed in the time that they were born and the time in which we live and the scope in which they reach because of God's sovereign plan. He knew that Daniel could handle the lion's den with his help. Hmm. He knew that David could handle Goliath. Esther could handle Haman. He knew that Peter could handle persecution and he knows that your child if he's a child of God can handle whatever challenge they face in this life. He created them specifically for it. So, so, so what? So don't be scared for your children, but be honored that God chose you to parent the generation that is facing the biggest challenges of our lifetime. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Rise up to the challenge. Point them to the Lord. Raise Daniel's and David's and Esther's and Peter's. God isn't scratching his head wondering what he's going to do with this mess of a world. He's not pacing back and forth. He's not freaked out. He has an army he's raising up to drive back the darkness and to make him known over all the earth for his glory. Don't let your fear steal the greatness of God placed in them. I know it's hard to imagine them as anything besides your sweet little baby. And we just want to protect them from anything and everything that could ever be hard on them but they were born for such a time as this. Let them rise up and point them to Christ. Hmm. Isn't Amen. that great?
1: I love that. Yes. That's so inspirational. And that's the kind of attitude I'm talking about us as God's people needing to have, you know, and considering that we are raising up the next generation. When I think of all that's going on in the world today, and and I see some of the the world's proponents of wickedness talking on the news and interviews or, or protesting or whatever. The thing that, that makes me shudder is the thought that they are going to have children (laughs) and each generation degenerates, but we can flip that right. And just look at what God has done. I mean, even Mark in our circles, we've seen God do small pockets of revival and families, you know, that, that we saw come to Christ. And, and when we pastored, and it, it's been beautiful to see that trend change because a lot of those kids, as an example, came from divorced families. And and we see a shift of kids now growing up in families where mom and dad are staying together and not just coexisting, but leading them in the yeah. ways of the Lord. And so we can change that trend, you know?
0: See my, see my subject change. I have been blown away by the Venus fly trap just lately. I want to make a little video on it called... Um, the plant that proves the existence of God. New York Times says this is the plant that counts. Have you ever studied a Venus flytrap?
1: Uh, well, you mentioned last night in our yeah. class that you were getting one. Yes, I got two. And I watched some videos. I'm like, <clears throat>
0: this is what is making this our crazy. My son plant? Has one he has one
1: yeah i got your son the horticulturist
0: oh, <laughs> so it's like a, the, the grizzly bear those traps that come down and trap what makes them. it do that there's a um a nectar that forms on the on the tongue of the jaws and there are two hairs h-a-i-r-s and when a fly comes and it's eating the nectar just loving it if it touches one of those hairs it's got 20 seconds to get away If it touches the second hair, that trap comes down like grease lightning. And then the amount of uh, striving that that fly goes into tells the plant how much digestive juice to send to digest it (laughs) because of the size of the fly. And Uh, it's so fascinating to think that, have you ever thought how clean flies are? They clean? Are, yeah, they are so clean. You watch a fly lands on your arm, he cleans his <laughs> he cleans his eyes. You watch his back legs go and then he cleans his wings. <laughs> you can see flies actually doing yeah. incredibly clean machines. But you follow the little beast and find out what his appetites are really for. It's yeah. top stuff that's just absolutely disgusting. Right. And you look at man, clean machine, mouthwash, toothpaste soap shampoo deodorant (laughs) all these he's a clean machine man but you follow him and find out what the beast's desires are really for and you'll see what he's truly like wow anyway the fly lands on the tongue and eats the nectar like man cannot stay away from sin Mm. and there are two hairs that he triggers there's a conscience and the law of god and he's got a certain amount of time before those jaws of judgment are coming down and that's called grace and that's what our nation's living in at the moment
1: oh Mm. wow ray that's so powerful uh, is that a preview to the video that's coming out yeah, with this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: just so excited because I saw a guy, he made this little bear trap. It's the size of a... um. He traps beer? No, I can't <laughs> say it. Why can't I say the word bear? It's a... <laughs> brrr, grizzly bear. bear. That's what I said, bear. Anyway, um, he made this thing. It's just like a key ring yeah. and, it's, and it actually works. And he puts his finger in it. Snaps. Wow. And I'm watching this video and thinking there's no way that could have been engineered without an engineer, hmm. an engineer to, to make it. But I look on the side and he's got a Venus flytrap right in the side that he's got inspired by ah. in, in the video. And when I was 12 or 13, I saw a video called, not a video, a movie called The Day of the Triffids. It's before you guys, before you guys. The time. Triffids. Triffids. And it was a horror movie about plants that came from outer space and they got bigger and bigger and they started eating people. <laughs> and that was inspired by the Venus flytrap also.
1: Oh, wow. Rafe! only you knew about the Venus flytrap when you wrote Maiden Hasn't. Yeah, that, that would oh, have been yeah. great in heaven 2.0. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we should make a Manhattan track. the book that you wrote. We should Ray. Cr- create a track that's got a little <laughs> spring device on it that grabs people's fingers. Yeah. This.
1: You know, I think our big problem as people is we don't look at sin from the perspective of a holy God. Yeah, we see it from our perspective as sinful people as well. And when we do that, we know our sinfulness, we're, we're experienced in sin, and so we lighten it but imagine looking at sin from the perspective of a holy righteous pure god who who is an all consuming fire i mean we we can't even fathom that the heinous Nature of sin in the sight of God. Mm.
0: Mark's not listening because he's watching a video. On and Venus you weren't listening
1: because you were watching Mark
3: well, watching the video. While it was
0: the, the video fly tread. was saying a f- profound things, watching a fly die.
3: I have a question. What What do you guys, with all this in mind, in regards to we we uh, we live in a Babylonian time, and yet we are God's people called to proclaim the gospel. What is our role or relationship <laughs> with the culture around us? How do we engage? Uh, while maintaining our, our hope in what God is doing.
1: Yeah. I think being in the world, but not being of it. Uh, one of the biggest disservices we can do to the world is to assimilate ourselves into its ways. And, and that's really what scripture is talking about when it says don't love the world or the things in the world. Um, if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Mm-hmm. You know, friendship with the world is enmity, right? Toward God. And that's adopting the world's way and system. Uh, becoming Babylonized, if you would, ourselves. And so I think, and that's the problem I think with the church today is we're not standing out. We're not being the light we're called to be. We're blending in. And then if we give them any kind of gospel, it's this watered down and false gospel, if you would.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you, you make one of the more important points, which is don't assimilate, and that's exactly right and yet we are to participate. Uh, and I think a great grand example is what happens in the Old Testament when uh, Israel is judged and defeated and made tribute. Essentially, all of Israel's is pulled out of its promised land and sent to Babylon. And it's very interesting what God says about their time in Babylon in exiles. He tells them similar, don't assimilate, yet participate, be good citizens, Work for the good of the city, but don't assimilate. And I think that's what the scriptures mean by be in the world, but not of the world. Right? We're not called to isolate, create our own subcultures and build up walls and wait on the sidelines where everything explodes. No, we are meant to go into the world to, trans- to see God's transforming
0: power work through us. Yeah, no, that's good. Correction there are six trigger heres not two <laughs> in the Venus flight you have a total lot <laughs> um
1: Mark you often talk about privation you know when we talk about evil and related to that I think when when we see uh, God's restraining hand because if God if God removes his restraining hand that is a part of the outworking of judgment we begin to see then man in a sense begin to kind of uh cannibalize himself you know we we begin to destroy ourselves i mean think about what's happening with with school shootings Mm. it's atrocious i mean do you know
0: there were no school shootings during the two years of the pandemic
1: (laughs) interesting right yeah Yeah.
0: because they shut the schools down so that's the key to school shootings just shut them down. (laughs)
1: down homeschooling right But you know, you think, I mean, Columbine, Ray mentioned Columbine earlier. Um, That goes back to 99. It's crazy to to think how long that's been. But you know, 13 killed. uh, Sandy Hook, 27 killed. Virginia Tech, 33 killed. uh, Marjorie Stoneman, 17. Red uh, Lake Junior uh, High in Minnesota, 10 killed. Santa Fe High in Texas, 10 killed. The recent one, uh, Rob uh, uh, Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, 21 killed. Is that what you would call God removing his restraining hand?
0: Well, the tragedy about those, is you mentioned, is when the next one comes, you almost forget about the past yeah. It just becomes all-consuming. Hmm. Um, just in, can I, if I address what you want to say, it's very hard to know specifically what God judges. For example, when some a big earthquake happened in San Francisco, if one happened today we'd all say, uh, "Ah, we've been waiting for this, for God to judge the homosexual agenda because it's so against his nature. It's like a Sodom and Gomorrah. But we really don't know. We look through a glass darkly, as the Scriptures say, and we need to hold back on saying, you know, this is a judgment of God, this isn't a judgment of God, but we can say that we as a nation have lost God's blessing of long life, health, and prosperity. All these things have been taken slowly from us as we've turned our backs on God.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, and my thought is that you begin to see the, the repercussions of that, you know, uh, of um, the, the withdrawal of God's blessing, which I think includes a restraining hand, you know, in man's nature working itself out. MacArthur
2: said the first sign of God's judgment is God withdrawing from a nation and allowing man to do whatever he, yeah. he wants to do anyways. Right. Right, because man's heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, you know, that there is no future when man left uh to himself. Mm. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Mm. We as a church, we we cannot sleep forever. And we we often say, and Ray, you've pointed this out inside your book, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Um I forgot what I was gonna say. No. Um <laughs> Do you want a moment of silence, Matt? A moment of silence for, <laughs> as I try to gather my thoughts. As I, I'm 50 years old. You now. got wedding on your mind. <laughs> I do have wedding yeah, on my mind. Yeah. I'm yeah. I am excited, but I don't remember what I was going to say, guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> l- let me
1: as, as we start.
0: What?
2: No, think about it, Matt. Come yeah, back to us because it's going to be going to be really good.
1: But as we start drawing to a close, guys, I I, uh, I want to remind us of what God said to the nation of Israel. We started out by Oscar talking about God's covenant people and and. But but listen to what God said to Israel in Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 7. He said, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways." And that's such a a beautiful picture you know, of the light of God upon a nation that is walking in obedience unto him and uh, walking in his ways. And remembering what what God said to the children of Israel when, when he spoke of his commandments, that it may be well with you and your children. Mm. You know, with God's commandments, comes blessing through obedience, right?
0: Wonderful quote, Abraham Lincoln, if I can share it with you. Oh, it just went off my iPad for no reason. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I've caught your disease. Oh, dear. As Abraham Lincoln. But uh, Abraham it. Lincoln made a wonderful quote about how we had forgotten God and the gracious Oh, man. yeah. Find it but, for him, Mark. Yeah. It just disappeared. Dude, get behind me, iPad. Your
2: get behind me, <laughs> iPad. Oh, what uh, I was going to say was trials drive a true believer closer to Christ. Yeah. You know, when you think of when you're going through something, a difficult time, whatever it may be, if it becomes overwhelming, you turn to Christ. Because where are you going to go? He alone holds the words to eternal life. Going back to Egypt is not an option. Mm. So this is what Ray points out inside of his book. You know, when, when the flight gets bumpy, what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? So we live in a tumultuous time. Well, this is where the church really rises up. Remember, when 9-11 took place, the churches were filled with people looking for hope and wanting answers Mm. to the questions. Life's biggest dilemma. What is going on? What's going to happen to me when I die? Why am I here? So when we look at the world, we think things are going crazy. What do we do? We draw near to the Lord. He's going to draw near to us. His marching orders haven't changed. He wants to seek and save that which is lost. Mm. One of the sweetest moments in my family's life was covid when that two weeks hit, one of the greatest moments inside my one of my kid's life is when he got really, really sick, and he was in the hospital for a week. Mm. Why? Because he drew near to the Lord, and it was a sweet aroma that came from him. He was yeah. great to be around. His focus was he only wanted to talk about the Lord. Yeah. Right. So when you're in the midst of the fire, you're not really wanting to talk about the Dodger score, or how the game went yesterday, or how the stock market is going. So... We don't need to despise Is my point When things like this happen We can draw near to the Lord And I think that Lincoln quote Has now come up On Ray's <laughs> iPad
0: Do you yeah, love your iPad again Ray? I love it I, it's, <laughs> it's my best friend uh, We have been We have been the recipients Of the choicest Bounties of heaven We've been preserved These many years In peace and prosperity We've grown in numbers Wealth and power But we have forgotten God We've forgotten The gracious hand Which preserved us In peace And multiplied And enriched us And strengthened us And we are vainly imagined and in the deceitfulness of, it, deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. Wow. Very, very powerful. So powerful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I, and I we don't have time to read it all, but I would encourage all of you listening to check out Deuteronomy 28 from 15 on because then God talks to the nation of Israel about the curses that would come if they strayed and and, you know, Easy, ventured I've mentioned into it.
0: Before I can't even read that. It just makes me just go hot with Yeah,
1: with it's tears. it's one of the most intense chapters in the yeah. Bible for sure. And and again, that reminder that God is not to be trifled with. He is a holy God and his judgments are, are, are real. I praise God that we've passed out of judgment into life as Christians, that that we are covered with the righteousness of Christ, but I tremble for the world that spurns God. He is not mocked. We will reap what we sow. And uh, and I pray that, that God will bring about revival. And Mark, you nailed it. I mean, I, I love the saying that talks about you know, beginning with revival with ourselves, right? Looking at our own hearts and, and saying, Lord, um, search me, try me and, and repenting, realizing that's a beautiful word to repent, to turn from our sin. It's, it's a word that speaks of hope, right? Cause if we turn, then that there could be healing and restoration. And that's where the beautiful grace of God comes in. So friends, pray for America. And, uh, and be a light to America. If you really love this nation or wherever you're listening to us around the world, there's darkness everywhere. If you love the nation you're, you're a part of, country, of I forgot of we're countries. all over the world, right? Um, Guy in Peru's like, uh, <laughs> right. what about me? Oh, man. Yeah, for those of you listening all around the world, uh, pray for your nation and then be a light. That's the greatest way that you can love it. Make sure to check out the Evidence Bible and uh, please remember to uh, give us a rating, uh, comments and email us at email at podcast at podcast at livingwaters.com. And uh, we can't wait to see you here next time on the Living Waters Good. podcast. Oh, I was trying to be nice. And you're right. Thanks for reminding me, Ray, on the Living Waters <laughs> podcast. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from. But friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living
0: Waters podcast.
1: We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline. California, Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina, Andrea from Anderson, Indiana, Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania, Lowell from Yakima, Washington, Don from Charleston, Illinois, John from Ford, Australia, good on you, Mike and Dave from Will Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.